Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 217. I'm your host, Steve Burnham, and we have um, John Jeffries, our tax counsel, once again on ABC Radio, uh, talking about, well, this time, uh, JobKeeper take-up falls short. Um, turnover doubts have seen some employers not taking up JobKeeper, uh, but they can always change their minds. It's not too late. Uh, where do agencies stand? And John also talks about uh, what about that cash flow boost? What is happening with that? Some people haven't been getting it, but some have. All right, let's listen to what he says. Well, we now know more about why some businesses aren't applying for job seeker payments, and you may still be getting your head around the detail of that, either as someone who might be eligible for it through your employer or as an employer trying to manage it. Certainly one of the big decisions had to be um, from employers about whether they would apply for uh, job seeker, given that they had to pay their staff up front and that it was also contingent on having uh, been able to demonstrate a 30% at least drop in your turnover. Um, so it's been great over recent weeks as we find out more about this to have John Jeffries join us. Uh, he's tax counsel for Tax and Super Australia. Hello, John. Hi, Sonia. Every week, are you learning new things about this? Oh, yes. It's just been the greatest fun for a tax person. <laughs> so much to consume. Yes. Fun. Oh, you're yes. funny people. <laughs> <laughs> John, um, there are big questions and, and the figures that came out on Friday I think were surprising to many that not as many employers as was anticipated had actually gone through with the job keeper um, um, application after registration. Why do you think that is? Yes, it is uh, strange because uh, free government money is... Uh one would think that you'd just go out and get it. But the thing is that, uh, as you mentioned there, there, you have to go through this threshold test for most businesses of having a turnover of 30% or more decline. And so some businesses have been a bit worried about that because of the calculation methods and will uh, they be near the threshold. And, and the problem is that if you get it wrong and uh, the tax office uh, audits you, then you might have to pay back a fairly substantial amount of money. And that's making some businesses think about whether they should uh, do that or not. Um, the other key reason is getting the money, because the way this scheme works is that the employees get paid first. So if you're an employee at the moment listening to this, and you were getting, you should have already received your job keeper payments. Uh, these are not um, in addition to your wage; they're sort of within it. Uh, you should have already received those payments. Uh, but for the employers, they must decide whether they're going to have this decline in turnover. And so, uh, those two things of have I got the money to make the payment and getting it right. Uh, as far as uh, the tax office is concerned, has caused um, some people really not to jump in so quickly. Mm. Have we seen a corresponding jump then in the number of, or perhaps more people taking up job seeker? 
because they're not, their employers are not making them eligible for JobKeeper? I've not seen the statistics, Sonia, but uh, you would think that that would follow, if, uh, particularly if people are out of work, then if they're not going to get JobKeeper, then their next option is JobSeeker. And, uh, uh, or maybe they might be getting some money out of their superannuation, mm. but, but you would think that that would be an outcome, but I haven't heard statistics. We're, we're today, May 11th. Um, where are we at if an employer would like to rethink their decision on JobKeeper? Okay. So you mean that they've already um, enrolled and now they want to unroll? Well, either that or maybe they didn't know whether their turnover would reflect um, the JobKeeper. They may have sure. been scared about trying it. If they've decided to say, well, look, I, I reckon we could do this, um, we're beyond that May 8th date, which I think was the uh, deadline to have paid the April payments That's correct, correct. for employees ahead of time. But it, does that rule them out of being able to apply for JobKeeper through May? No. So um, now you have to say, what JobKeeper fortnight am I in? And if you, you uh, reach the view, yes, I'm going to have a 30% decline in turnover, and that might be just, say, in this month of May compared to May last year, and you say, yes, I think I've got there, uh, you can apply now and um, proceed, but it will apply on a prospective basis, that is, you can't uh, backdate it to April. No, but I'm, I'm imagining that if some employers feel they have a little bit more of an idea about what it all means now, uh, they don't have to take that, that big outlay of risk, like for a whole month, only for a fortnight, on, on various employee wages, and also have a sort of prospective date about how long this might be going on for. That might change. Yes. That might change people's views now that the uh, the roadmap out has been released. Yes, and with uh, some restrictions being lifted yes. uh, in various areas, people might feel um, a bit more confident. But still, you have to come to that view that you're going to have the decline in turnover. But if you feel that, yes, I can still claim my JobKeeper, but I think that in a few months this will all start to pass and uh, I'll still be able to continue on and I'll still be able to repay the debts uh, that I have from the bank and so forth, then, yes, you might find that, that just that overall feeling of confidence might get people across the line. You're listening to John Jeffries. He's tax counsel for Tax and Super Australia and he's been joining us for the last five or six weeks helping explain uh, these new measures that are in place. And if you're still a little bit confused or still have a question, this is why we get him on, to answer your questions directly because there's a fair chance that someone else may also be in that position. one three hundred triple two eight nine one is the phone number to call or text us on 0467 922 Now, Michael, you've been waiting for quite a while from Parry Hills for John. Thanks for your call. That's fine, thank you. I actually rang two weeks ago and it was to do with the daughter whose partner and her have separated. Um, hence the payments that he, she was receiving for her partner dropped down to about 20%. John said it's not a problem. She's entitled to, sorry, it's going back to the superannuation. Can she access the superannuation? And John said that's not a problem. The fact that her ex uh, now is not making the payments she was before, she's only getting 20%. My follow-up question is, we don't want someone, people knocking the door because we've got it wrong. We understand that he lost his employment in January. We're not really too sure why. Can John give us the conditions as to what has what have to be met in regard to the loss of employment before you can actually access the superannuation? 
Okay, so what you're asking about is the reason for the loss of employment. Does the does the rules talk about the reason for the loss That's of correct. employment? Yes. Yeah. Now the the rules don't talk about that. Um, it just talks about uh, the loss of employment or the reduction in hours, um, but it doesn't necessarily say that it's due to the virus. So the the time frame is important, not the reason. Yes, that, and is that right. from January? Um, March first, wasn't it? Yes, in the uh, in the superannuation uh, rules. Uh, yes, you've got to. Um, sorry, I'm just looking here. With the superannuation rules, um, there are a number of conditions that need to be met. Now, one of them was that you'd lost uh, your job. Um, I can't. Uh, actually quite remember whether Jan uh, whether January would get you into that or not. I'm sorry. That's okay. I can follow up on that. I was just curious about whether we're actually conditions of loss of employment. Uh, you've answered that. The other one I can follow up on. That's fine. Thanks for that, Michael. Thanks Thank for your you. call. Rebecca, Bye. good afternoon to you. John okay. Jeffries is listening. Oh, good afternoon. Um, yeah, um, before COVID-19, I had a contract for working seven days per fortnight. Uh, now I'm on restricted hours because of um, limitations. So I'm doing four days per fortnight. And then my employers asked me to use my annual leave to make up those extra three days. Um, and so they're uh, requesting that and then they're topping me up with the job keeper. And I just want to know if that is allowable. Um. If you were to take your annual leave, would you still have more than two weeks of annual leave left? Yes. No? Yes. I think so I my, would have. Okay. So my uh, understanding is that the employer can request you to do this through these um, JobKeeper-enabling directions, but they can't... Um, uh, they have to leave you with two weeks of annual leave uh, through the, after that process. So they can't use up all your annual leave at all? Yes. They have to leave you half of it? Yes. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah but they, right. that is allowable that they can request that I use those extra, the annual leave to top up the yes. um, extra days, yeah. even though so, uh, they've been successful in claiming JobKeeper from the government. Yes, so it's all part of the package. There's a there's a sort of the uh, the payment package. There's also the Fair Work Act changes package. Now I'm actually not an expert on that area, but what I've just told you is my understanding of it. Um, that uh, there can be, to an extent, um, a requirement for you to take annual leave. But my belief is that uh, they have to leave you with two weeks' work. D John, I'm just listening. Rebecca said she normally works on a contract of seven days a fortnight. So if you're working full-time, you would get presumably, um, you know, 20 workdays leave. Yes. So would it be a percentage of that? So, yes. for instance, they'd have to leave her with half of her allocation for the year, not necessarily two weeks. Is that right? Um I, uh, certainly I'm not exactly sure of the uh, proportionate calculation in the Fair Work uh, rules, mm. but that sounds reasonable. Yeah. So, Rebecca, basically, uh, they, can, they can ask you to take some annual leave, but not all of it. They have to leave you with a certain amount. 
Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Uh, if you've got a question for John Jeffries, now's the time to call 1300 222 891. Or you can text on 0467 922 891. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sonia and Jeffrey. My Hi, question Paul. relates to Job Seeker. When Job Seeker was started, everybody was allowed to join up without going through the various criteria. When it reverts back to unemployment benefits, there will still be an awful lot of people on it. Will they have to undergo the criteria test to get it? Uh, that is my expectation, yes. Now, maybe when we get to the end of this six-month period, we might find the government's um, perhaps not quite so tough with it, but that's currently the expectation, yes. So they may have to reapply for unemployment benefits? Or new start, yeah? Yes, or new start, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Uh, whether you call it re-apply uh, re for it, it might be just that uh, the normal conditions that go along with it will then start to be part of uh, getting the payment. And so you'll, uh, you'll need to satisfy those conditions. You mean the mutual obligation of yes. looking for a certain number of jobs per week or fortnight, That's that it. sort of thing? Yes. yes. Um, so, Paul, thank you for your call. No worries. I appreciate you. your time. Um, um, Craig says, can you please talk about agency workers? Um, oh, I've just locked it, lost it. Let me see if I can go back to that. Oh, of course, everyone's decided to send their text in right now and I've completely lost it. Uh, what did they want to know about that? Uh, oh, I really have lost it. Sorry about that. Um, um, I'll I go could, to another uh, one. But maybe talk a little bit about agency workers. Yeah, I, that's perhaps right. I, can, I yeah. can guess the idea is that... So agency workers, uh, these are the people that are... They're employed by an organisation which hires them out to other parties. Um, so it could be nurses or... Um, Apprentices. People, or, yeah, yeah all, all that sort of thing. So uh, the question is... Uh, I think, is who is the employer. So the employer is usually the agency itself. And so the question for, say, job seeker is the question of whether the agency itself has had a drop in turnover as opposed to the end client yes. is actually engaging the services. I, I suspect that's what... That, that's I've what just found it. It's about. from Craig, and, yes, that's exactly what it's about. OK, good. And so what's the situation with that one? So the question there for Job Seeker is whether the agency themselves, who is the employer, whether they have had the necessary uh, decline in turnover and uh, then the Job Seeker would come through their agency, not through the, uh, the end client right. of the agency. What about Natalie's situation, which is a variation? Um, um, she says her daughter has a casual job that was 18 hours a week. She's been there for less than a year. It's been reduced to eight hours since COVID and her job agency says that she needs to look for another job as this isn't meeting her contracted minimum of 15 hours a week. Natalie's question is, can they do that? OK. Um, so, uh, first of all, if she's not been there for more than 12 months, she won't be eligible for the job seeker, so we'll just make that statement. Um, so the, the contracted um, amount... Um, I take it this is um, in relation to obtaining government assistance, I think. Um, uh, right. Well, she's saying... They, they're saying she has to look for another job. Yeah. 
so that you can get to the, the level of hours required right. as part of a contract. Yes. Um, okay. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that's no. asking, Sonia. I'm not either, uh, to be honest, because you would think that that's... It says she has a casual job. Anyway, uh, look, we might need to have a bit more detail, Natalie. I'm sorry to get to get that through. Um, Sarah says, I'm a sole trader whose income has decreased by 30%, but I also have a part-time government job. I think this means I'm not eligible for job seeker. Is this correct? Yes, that is correct. So she is what uh, is referred to as an eligible business participant. They can only obtain job seeker if they have a casual employment. So if a job is part-time yes. um, or full-time, then you can't get job keeper from your your business activity as yourself, as an what's known as an eligible business participant. Um, another text is asking, uh, or perhaps this is more a comment, saying, one thing the ATO website doesn't tell you is that the figure you enter for the job keeper turnover declaration is GST exclusive. You have to spend an hour and a half on the phone to the ATO and speak to three different operators and be put on hold many times to find that out. It is a bit hard to get information when the people who are supposed to tell you don't even know themselves. Uh, so can yes, you explain that, a bit about that one, John? Uh, yes, uh, that's quite a, a good comment, actually. Um, the, the, the tax professionals and the tax office and accountants, when they talk about turnover, they will always talk about it in terms of GST exclusive. Uh, and so probably that's just filtered into the information without someone actually saying this is GST exclusive. So, um, yes, I can understand the caller's frustration with that, but usually uh, when we are talking about these sort of things, we are always talking about it in terms of a GST exclusive number. It's just kind of a, uh, a thing the industry does. Uh, a couple of... Um, uh uh, caller questions we've got is why do foreign companies employing Australians fail to qualify for job seeker? Why do foreign companies? Um, so uh, this these must be foreign that that is uh, not Australian resident foreign companies. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, well, because it, uh, it is true. I think we had the I, the um, company that does the um, meals or the the food for Qantas, for instance, mm. um, who the, the company was sold off by Qantas to a I guess a company that was owned offshore, uh, even though all those workers remained Australian. So um, I, I'm not sure if you know the thinking behind the government of why they uh, don't um, yeah, I, why they're I not included, but they simply aren't, are they? Yeah, the, the, the policy probably is that it's some other country's problem. So uh, that's probably the idea behind it, I would think, is that, well, uh, and I appreciate that these people are Australian residents, but uh, that they are thinking, well, uh, this is a foreign-owned entity. Uh, they're not uh, Australian resident for tax purposes. So um, that's just the way it's going to be. Okay. And finally, an employer has been told he's eligible for JobKeeper for his staff, but wants to know when the payments will come through. Okay. So those payments started on about Tuesday or Wednesday last week. They started coming through. Now, if you haven't yet uh, received your payments, uh, they are being processed. 
uh, but uh, w uh, I, I have it, you know, directly from the tax office that uh, on, I think it was about Tuesday or Wednesday last week, they started coming through. So they are coming through uh, and uh, it'll just be a question of uh, waiting for them to get to you. Mm. Okay. And do you want to make a comment, I don't know if you know much about this, but the ATO's cash flow bonuses and how they work for businesses? That cash flow boost. Boost, yes. that's it, yes. Yep, that's right. So they have been coming through. Now, the thing to understand here is that they are credits. So uh, you don't necessarily get a cheque for X amount of money. They credit an amount against a tax liability that is to do with your PAYG and GST and so forth, and if there's something over, then you get paid for it. Uh, but uh, And so they came through, they started coming through, I think it was the 21st of April. Now, the thing is that there has been a lot of problems with people getting it in certain circumstances. There are many, many people I've heard that have not got the cash flow, flow boost when they should have got it, and uh, the tax officer investigating those reasons. Um, so if you think you're eligible, uh, don't give up. Keep, uh, keep pursuing, ring the tax office and chase it. And what makes you eligible? I mean, that's separate from JobKeeper, JobSeeker, yes? Yes. So Basically, it is that you've got employees um, and uh, that you've been paying employees as a, as a really broad statement. OK, so it could be you don't have to apply for it at all. It simply applies to you or it doesn't. Yes, that's correct. Interesting. All right. Um, John, look, thank you for your help once again. John Jeffries, Tax Council for Tax and Super Australia.